politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, our property as we head into the celebration of those unalienable rights. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today. See our podcast, Blaze Media, doing everything we can to fight in the ways that matter, on the issues that matter for those unalienable rights. And we know that the other side is willing to do anything and everything to infringe upon those liberties. What are we willing to do to defend them? And I want to talk today about the lengths to which they are willing to go, that the guardrails are off. They will do anything. If there is a religion around something, there is no social norm, no human right, no law that will stop them. We must stop them. That is the key. Now, yesterday, if you haven't heard yesterday's show with Stephanie DeGarry, uh, the mother of Maddie DeGarry, who was severely injured in the Pfizer, Pfizer trial, um, that show was something else. It was a long, we did an extra long show, an hour and a half, and make sure you listen to it. You know, one of the crazy things that came out from there is she said, finally, she was diagnosed with CIDP, chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, which basically means like in the family of Guillain-Barre, but an insanely acute version of that, like just the, the nerve damage, your body attacks the nerves, paralysis, um, and she can't swallow. I looked up on the Pfizer document, you know, the famous 38-page document from uh, February 2020, very early on, when they already knew that there were 1,200 deaths just that they saw, and they had to hire so much staff to deal with adverse events. And then the last nine pages has a list of over a thousand maladies that they knew of. And I said, let me check this up. And I found it right there. It's on page 32, um, the CIDP. They knew about it no later than February 2020. Such a horrible, horrible disease. And again, there's so many more. And where do we have to turn? Where do we have to turn? So we'll get back to that a little bit more later. I do want to talk a little bit about January 6th. Um, today's sponsor, Better Spectacles. You know I give you the best 2020 vision on politics. Well, Better Spectacles, America's only conservative eyewear company, gives you 2020 vision with their German Rodenstock glasses that they make using 7,000 points in the eye to measure by all, all of your, you know, the way you your your eye uses those lenses and they've come out with biometric intelligence glasses that gives you a seamlessly natural experience works perfectly with your brain i don't know how to explain it but i just feel this synergy because i'm severely nearsighted everyone in my family is and it gives you real sharp vision uh it's almost like you think better with them so they definitely have you see better the fit is perfect and also you don't even have to see uh, someone in person, if you go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative, you could schedule a teleoptical appointment. Uh, they, they measure for you. They have different technology online. You submit it, and they, they mail it to you. So go big now with biometrical intelligence glasses from Better Spectacles. 
If you go to betterspeckbills.com slash conservative, you get 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodentstock frames. Again, only at betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So I don't care about this January 6th committee. It's a waste of time. Um, nobody in the country is going to vote on Cassidy Hutchinson. It's too in the weeds. It's too clever by half on the part of the Democrats. And I don't think the conservative media should spend 100% of their time during this time of genocide focusing on it. However, in one respect, the broader issue is extremely important, a very close second to the Joseph Mengele medical experimentation on us. And that is, you see, the congressional hearing is nothing, right? Congress doesn't have oversight. Congress cannot put in prison another human being. On the one hand, Congress is the most powerful branch, but on the other hand, it's the branch of government that doesn't deal directly with citizens. They, they can't do anything to you, okay? At the end of the day, it's the executive and judicial branches that are going to deal with you as a person. But where it does matter is, see, if Democrats just had a control of Congress, it would be nothing. They have control of DOJ, so what they're doing is they're using this as the political show trial, which is meaningless, but it's the actions of DOJ that matter. So they're literally on the cusp of almost like, I wouldn't be surprised if DOJ arrests Professor Eastman, that literally for giving a legal opinion, you're not allowed to have a legal opinion. Right? If you look at everything going on, we thought, okay, you know, if, if you really had a guy that hit a police officer over the head, so prosecute him. How do you have a trial for someone who believes the election was stolen and believes that the state legislators are the final say in something? But this is what's happening now. That just like they criminalized your existence unless you get a shot and wear a mask, we are criminalizing your political beliefs. We'll arrest you if you have a certain political belief. And that's where this matters. But it's not going to matter in the commentating about the trial. As always, sometimes it's an important issue, but conservatives don't have an outcome to it. The outcome needs to be very simple. At a congressional level, Republicans in the Senate, theoretically, although they're not really Republicans, but if they were, they have the votes to filibuster any budget bill, so they need to defund the January 6th prosecutions. And number two, the governors, and I know I sound like a broken record because I say this for everything, but it's true, they all need to get together, hold a press conference, and say, this is garbage. Anyone who is caught, obviously physically assaulting someone, prosecute them under the law, commensurate with what you would anyone else. But anything else, this political witch hunt, will not fly, and we are working together to arrest any FBI agents that come in our state to arrest someone for not having committed a crime just simply for their political beliefs. Now, it sounds dramatic, but if we would have had a party that for two years or a year and a half would have been messaging this and demonstrating this absurdity and showing how they're the ones letting go all the BLM and Antifa people burn down the cities, the people would be with us. It's not that they're not. There was a recent poll that showed that this was dead last in terms of the issue issues that concern voters. That's what they need to do. But... They're not. See, people focus on Liz Cheney and a few others that are a part of this. But they're just at the fringe. 
But almost all the Republicans bought into the January 6th narrative and to this day will not get up there and say, they'll, they'll, you know, Kevin McCarthy will say it's a show trial, whatever, but categorically inveigh against the entire premise of what happened. They will not do it. It's left to a handful of people doing that. So again, when you don't have an entire party doing something and messaging in one way, it's going to show. You know, the reality is the Republicans complain about the media all the time, but the Republican Party is a big institution. If they unanimously go and push back on something, you saw that with the Kavanaugh stuff, you know, when he was had those crazy accusations. It worked, and, and the public sided with them. They didn't believe it. And by the way, that just reminds me. Remember Blassie Ford, that crazy that lied about that? Everyone agrees it was a lie. Do you know what the Democrats did to Kavanaugh? I mean, I don't li- like Kavanaugh so much in general, last week notwithstanding, in general for his rulings, but, I mean, they literally lied about him. And then the next day, Republicans went back to working with the same people. That's the joke. Democrats commit what is tantamount to a political act of war every day, and Republicans go and work with them. But more broadly, what, what, what January 6th importance is this. You don't have to get into the nitty-gritty of who did what, this guy did this. That they believe they could criminalize you. If they believe there is something wrong with your views, we're going to do masks, we're going to do vaccines, we're going to do this treatment, we're going to do, you know, we're, 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 we're going to say that you're not allowed to hold a certain political or legal belief. There is nothing that they are unwilling to do in pursuit of that. Right, we're going to have in a couple moments a special guest on talking about how the FBI and CIA are bugging his house, literally breaking into his home, surveilling him um, because they know he has information. He, he, He hasn't committed any criminal act or anything. This is what they're doing to political opponents now. The big thing that distinguished America from a dictatorship was always the fact that you could have political dissent. That is over with. Those guardrails are off. They've broken the final tackle. There's no law, no social norm, no human right that they're not willing to break. And we have to operate under that assumption. What are we doing to operate under that assumption? You cannot confine us to a strict reading of a social compact of what a state can and cannot do when they are violating this. And this is why ultimately my plan is, and I think this, you know, and I I know the Florida governor would do this because he already hinted to this in some way, but he's not, he can't do this alone. If you had every, every Republican governor, picture all of the people that are being kicked out of the military for not getting the clot shots. All the people leaving the military because of the transgenderism and the insanity of the culture. All the young folks that, you know, their fathers and grandfathers served, but now they're not serving because of, um, you know, because of everything that's going on. And you created a state guard. All that stupid excess funding. You know, states have to hold special sessions now to deal with their surplus of federal printed money. They gave it all to COVID fascism, stupid things. Create a robust state guard for these people. Could you imagine 
if you had a state guard that you announced to your citizens, it will be used as an interposition force against the feds, against illegal aliens. Can you imagine the recruitment for that? And then the entire federal government and everything they're doing to us, the tyranny is over with. You deter it. And I would make those guards full of toxic masculinity. Everything the left hates, that's what they would be about. Where it would be clear that if you violate, we are the enforcers of the Constitution. You violate human rights, we will be confronting federal agents in the state. That is where we need to go. And frankly, had we had a movement and a party saying what I've been saying the last two years, we would have either been here at this point or they would have long been deterred away from doing this. But I do want to get back to some COVID stuff before our guest. Our other sponsor today, folks, you know they're spying on you, okay? You're, you're going to hear this from our next guest. Your emails are completely public. I know it sounds annoying to have to pay for email, but free email is not email, it's spy mail. I trust Startmail. That's why you know my email is danielhorowitz at startmail.com. Uh, they keep my emails private, period. Their encryption is great. Um, they're governed by the sh- most stringent privacy standards in the world. They're not U.S.-based. They're based in Europe, and frankly, that's a good thing. Um, they have their own servers, so they don't have the whole parlor problem. You get an unlimited number of aliases, which I've really put to good use You know, when you need to use kind of seminar emails. So it is that that's really one of their best features that I've I've found. Um, they could generate alias emails that are shareable easily. They're deleted at any time. I don't trust big tech. Neither should you. Start securing your email privacy with startmail.com. Um, sign up today for your 50% off your first year by going to startmail.com slash conservative. That's start with a T at the end. S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash conservative. Startmail.com slash conservative. So there's a lot of news on the COVID front as this goes on. The more you inject, the more you infect. There's a new pre-printed study out from a bunch of California doctors, critical care doctors, um, cardiologists in Central Valley area. So a bunch of different practices looks like they got together to do this. And they analyzed all of the UK Health Security Agency studies. Okay? And their results are nothing new to you guys, but it's straight up now in a pre-printed study that we all recognize. They found that as early as September, the negative efficacy for the two doses started. And then in December, began the negative efficacy of three doses. So since December, the three doses for the entirety of Omicron, they say, has been negative effective. Okay? And by the way, the December 20th benchmark is only because that's when the UK started publishing what they did with two doses with three. It could be it started even earlier. So this is a big freaking deal. This is a big deal. Could you imagine, as we mandate on the military, we deny kidney transplants to people who don't get this. We destroy the world for this. We incur 
millions of known and unknown injuries and deaths for something that is the following. Here's their conclusion. There was no discernible vaccine effectiveness to prevent infections among the third dose over 18 years of age population since December 20th, 2021, during the initial part of the Omicron variant surge in UK. The increased SARS-CoV-2 cases in the vaccinated population among over 18 years old during the Omicron variant surge was associated with significantly higher hospitalizations and deaths while decreasing cases in unvaccinated population associated with decreasing hospitalization and deaths. Our data analysis identified heterogeneous vaccinated and unvaccinated populations with well-known variables that can increase risk for hospitalizations. Um, And this is important. Look at this. Despite decreased total cases in UK, there were significantly increased case fatality rate and odds of hospitalization during the latter part of the Omicron variant surge in our study, which was due to significantly increased cases among those over 50, associated with significantly increased hospitalizations and deaths among those over 75. (laughs) This underscores the importance of the public health measures directed at uniform screening protocols and protective measures to prevent, you know, they just, you know, have just a bunch of stuff. Um... It's funny, they say to prevent infection among elderly, vaccinated, and unvaccinated populations, even though they have to throw that in, even though they made it clear it was the vaccinated who have the problem. So what we're seeing now is that the case fatality rate for Omicron is actually going, has been going up. And it's mainly among the elderly. Why? Why? And I think we know why. That's the immune imprinting. It's wiping out their immune system. So... Basically, Omicron is no worse than the flu, right? I mean, everyone agrees to that. It's it's like the flu. But there's a wrinkle. Even the flu, if you took the flu and then you wiped out people's immune system that year, well, you're going to have increased mortality for the flu among those over 75. And I think that's clearly what you're happening, what, what, what's happening now. Negative efficacy. No amount of negative efficacy matters. It's all over the place. It's macro data, micro data, epidemiological, geographical comparisons. Everywhere. We now understand in the clinical trials. And by the way, if you look deeply in the clinical trials, as we've mentioned before, as early as September 2020, based on the documents, they clearly understood the negative efficacy concept. They clearly understood ADE. They, They knew about all this. Because again, I didn't know this, but if you're a vaccinologist and you're in the in the business, you know that respiratory viruses never had effective vaccines, and you also know that particularly coronavirus vaccines were associated with inflammatory disorders and they never worked. A lot of people forget that entire history. There's a whole rich history since SARS-1 of, you know, literature and and attempts at vaccines and they're pretty nasty and then we're to believe that suddenly man they cracked that code within the last week of january a period of about one week they got it they sequenced it and they in february just started started on the studies already and then march i guess march or april started recruiting humans 
Yeah, 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 right. Then we have the other bioweapon, the other beautiful bioweapon, and that's Paxlovid, the therapeutic. Isn't it interesting how everything they produce has negative efficacy? This is from the UK Daily Mail. Anthony Fauci says that he's experienced rebound COVID symptoms after taking Pfizer's antiviral Paxlovid, which studies now show is not effective for people who are vaccinated. Oh, that's interesting. The warning noted that none of the reported rebound cases saw patients suffer a severe case of COVID-19, though Fauci described the symptoms as much worse on the rebound. Oh. Now, I, I wonder whether Fauci did take the vaccines or not. I don't know. But Paxlovid, I'm sure he did, because they all actually do believe it works. And again, on some level, for some people, really early on, it does mimic one of the mechanisms of um, ivermectin, which is a proteus inhibitor. But the reality is, it's expensive as anything. It's mixed with an AIDS drug. It's contraindicated with so many things. We have no safety profile on it. We know it gives you this insane metallic taste in your mouth. And now, it's not just a rare thing, but it almost seems like the rule, not the exception, that it ha- gives you a rebound. What's going on there? What is going on there? Negative efficacy. And it would be bad enough if you had this with Delta, let's say. But then you say, at least, okay, maybe you have a rebound of flu-like symptoms, but at least I avoided the cytokine storm, the, the, the potentially deadly uh, thrombosis and, and pulmonary inflammation, things like that. But for Omicron, really? Like, you're going to have... Uh, ba- basically, you're going to take something that's supposed to work for flu-like illness that will rebound and elongate the flu. And this is totally okay. It's distributed in every pharmacy, everywhere. You can get it. You can get it for free. No problems. But you lose your medical license for giving other stuff, budesonide, hydroxy, ivermectin, litany of other things. By the way, there's also this quiet war that we need to watch the FDA on over-the-counter supplements. Watch for them to really start regulating these vitamins and supplements. This is going to be a big, big problem. But don't worry. We don't have a party to uh, to focus on that. Now, in defense news, I have a column out today on the military kicking out the best and brightest and then inviting in illegal aliens and those without a degree, a, a high school degree, even a high school degree. 40,000 National Guardsmen are at risk of expulsion. It's 13% of the entire National Guard. Some states as much as 30%. Again, action item. Where are the governors? I don't want to hear anything. The governors control the National Guard. Biden would have to respond to their assuming control over disciplining those without vaccines and basically saying you can't do it, you can't expel them. Biden would have to respond by going to war with them and title tending them and let him do that. That would be a huge risk for him. But don't worry. Republicans just passed the NDAA, every Republican. They tossed another $37 billion at the Pentagon, so now we're up to $850 billion in defense spending. 
as more money for Ukraine too. Don't worry. We could send money to Ukraine so the soldiers there who are largely unvaccinated could use them, but our soldiers need the outdated, negatively effective shot. What's really sad is in 2020, the Pentagon did a propensity report. They basically got a survey of who would join the military, what percentage want to join, what the reasons are. And it's so sad. The top three reasons, so most people don't want to join anymore, the top three reasons for joining the military are pay, future education, and travel. So it's all basically become a welfare agency. It's not about defending the country. It's not about patriotism. But you can't blame people because the military is not about that. Okay? The military is not about that. I mean, who wants to join a military that basically now is all about clot shots? Whatever Pfizer product comes out, you're going to be on the hook to get it now. You're groomed into transgenderism. You're taught white people are racist. And you're sent off to fight for every other country's border but your own. So yeah, I mean, you're going to have a recruitment problem. But Republicans don't care about policy. It's all about the money. Just throw more money at, you know, there's a a pay raise for the troops. I want to be pro-military. That's their line. So they just give the Democrats everything they want. Don't use their leverage. And uh, that's what's become of our military. Again, this is the big difference between the old guard, baby boomer conservatives and people like us. And I don't mean to generalize about age i mean you have some people my age that are horrible and some people their 60s and 70s that do get it but i'm just saying most of these commentators at some point the system got bad enough that they were confronted with a choice you either have to recognize that the system is not only broken but malignant and malvolent and it needs to be destroyed and fought because they already destroyed it so now we have to destroy it it's like you have a you have a bomb you have a uh, a 50 cal machine gun that used in battle but now it's been captured so now not only is it not a good thing it's a liability you have to blow it up you have to fight against it and they just can't come to terms with the fact that the institutions are that broken I mean I used to love Andy McCarthy I used to read it he was one of the few people I read his columns he was very insightful for many years and he's just totally bought into the whole January 6th thing because he can't recognize that the Department of Justice is nothing but a Nazi institution. So he has to start believing their stuff. And that's the divide. That's where it is nowadays. It's between people who understand the system is broken and people who don't. Even if you are a former liberal, but you understand that it's a bunch of Klaus Schwab Nazis running our country and we need to wholesale break away from it, I don't care if you are a former liberal you get it. You know, there's an interesting, um, you know, Naomi Wolf. We, we had her on. She was a f- 90s era feminist. She worked in the Clinton administration, wrote a lot of books on feminism, um, you know, was a classic, big liberal. And obviously, she's been leading the fight on medical freedom, COVID fascism, the vaccine stuff. But because she realizes what has gone wrong with the left, she's actually moved over on other issues. Just like some of these legacy National Review people on the right, once they hated Trump so much and this and that, they actually became liberal on other issues. With her, you see the opposite. She actually said recently in an interview, she now 
understands the problem with gun control because she realizes that we're being controlled and we need to fight against it. So likewise, she actually wrote a piece on abortion. If you go to Naomi Wolf's Substack, Google, it's her latest article, she actually basically says, like, Dobbs is a good thing and it will allow the legislatures to choose and she criticizes the feminist movement for overreach on the abortion issue. Um, that, you know, in her view, she viewed it as like a rare necessary evil in her mind to do it, whereas she's like, you guys like champion it as if it's something great, as if you're not taking a life. Um, pretty amazing to watch. So again, there's a real realignment going on. And I, I, I truly believe that if we had more voices like Steve Dace and myself and more elected officials like Ron DeSantis, that on paper are more hard right than the typical right. But it's more complicated than that. It's people that are consistent, they're articulate, they're schooled on the issues, they're willing to educate people on them. People appreciate that. Hence, that's how you have, for years, it wasn't the party of Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney that you had Elon Musk's and Joe Rogan saying they're going to join that. But now we have both the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, and the most popular talk show host in the world, Joe Rogan, saying they would support Ron DeSantis. So this whole notion that the more conservative, so to speak, you are, the less appeal you have, it, it's not true. It's the Mitch McConnells that have no appeal. They're the worst of all worlds. But anyway, what do you do when you're confronted with an enemy that is unbridled by any rules of engagement, any morals, ethics, laws, social norms. And that's what I want to discuss with our next guest. So back in February, we had on Andrew Huff. He's the former EcoHealth Alliance VP who actually worked for a brief period of time with EcoHealth's founder, Peter Daszak. And he had a huge revelation at the time that he disclosed publicly that Peter Daszak, the man really at the center of the gain-of-function research that's believed to be behind this virus, was working for the CIA based on a conversation that Daszak personally had with Andrew. Now, I don't want to get so much into coronavirus and the, the bioweapons gain-of-function research, which is really obviously uh, Andrew's specialty, but wrapping around the axle of today's theme... Again, the difference between the so-called conservatives, that they're conservative in a textbook, but they can't understand the times we live in. They can't come to grips that with the fact that the institutions are more than broken, they're malignant, okay? And that institutions that we once respected, we're all into law enforcement, right? But you can't just be a, a wind-up toy and, and then, you know— come 50 years later and wind up that same toy as if that message is appropriate. I'm for law enforcement. I love the FBI. I mean, look, I used to have FBI agents on the show. But the bottom line is we recognize that these agencies, and sometimes even the local police, they are now used as tools of tyranny. And we're also talking about this theme of what are they willing to do to implement that tyranny? Laws don't matter. Rules don't matter. Absent a lot of the action items we're calling for, there is nothing that they cannot do to us, our bodies, our life, our liberty, our, our property. So 
at the time, Andrew mentioned that he felt he was under surveillance. They were breaking into his home. He has a lot more information on the FBI and possibly CIA staking out and breaking into his home. Um, this is a serious matter as all of us are concerned that we're being surveilled, that the government is monitoring us. They are telling us directly that we are the biggest terrorist threats. What does that mean? I want to paint a vivid picture for you. What does that mean when a government believes that terrorists aren't terrorists, but the political opposition is a terrorist? What does that mean and what are they willing to do? Now, again, just for uh, for those of you who forgot, Dr. Huff is an Army combat veteran. He was in the Minnesota Guard, served a tour in Iraq. He has a PhD in envi- environmental health science, specializing in emerging infectious diseases. Uh, he's a professor at Michigan State for a while, researching epidemiology, zoonotic viruses, antimicrobial resistance. Really, a lot of the specialties that we've been talking about with negative efficacy and understanding viral immune escape. So, um, you know, he's certainly very competent in that. But today he's with us to give us an update personally on what is happening to him at his home. Andrew, welcome back once again to Blaze Media. Well, Daniel, thank you so much uh, t- for having me on the show again. Um, I wish I had more pleasant things to discuss with you in the audience, but you know, such as the times I've become an enemy of the state, so to speak. And I actually have been since the first time I spoke with you, what's really transpired since then is that a number of people have been investigating on my behalf. So people that that I'm friends with that are ex high ranking military officers, ex CIA officers, uh, ex department of defense, defense intelligence agency officers, and the revolutions and findings are quite shocking. Uh, you know, just to be out with it, I think the, the findings are, are, are simple. The U.S. government, two agencies, primarily the Central Intelligence Agency and the FBI, um, have been working with two private contractor companies uh, to harass me. Uh, they've broken into my house at least six times. They actually installed surveillance equipment in our house, which we found. Uh, they've been droning our house, which we caught actual actual footage and pictures of, of the people tras- trespassing on my property or our property, and the drones even hovering in air. They actually even crashed the drones on our property. And, you know, while this is not probably the the most terrifying thing in the world, what the government's been trying to do, or what I believe is that this has been a psychological operation to intimidate me, to prevent me from speaking out and just telling the truth. So, so w- w- I want to take this slow because you're kind of a battle-hardened guy, and and sometimes when I talk to you, you'll you'll be like, yeah, you know, they broke in my house. I'm like, whoa, 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 there's a lot going on there. Um, this is a big deal. I mean, you live in a more, you know, kind of more of a rural area, so you picture this is a big property. I want to picture got people to depict uh, a house surrounded by woods, um, not so many people yeah. around. And yes, a few hundred, a few hundred acre property, swamp on three sides. Swamp on three uh, sides. A, a mile long driveway, which is gravel, which is uh, heavily wooden forested in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. For your audience or listeners that are familiar, Upper with Peninsula it. of Michigan. Okay, so, so you know, you're not just saying, okay, I suspect they're listening into my calls or something like that. You're saying your house was broken into at least six times. Now, Correct. I want you to paint a picture of what that looks like, because typically when people um, talk about a break and they think you smash windows or whatever. Um, what what do you see or not see, and how do you know that the FBI is doing this? Well, at first it, it was really interesting. So 
I had two individuals who came into my life. Um, one was by the name of David Lopez. The other one was named Mike Bennett. And these two individuals were uh, trying to sort of help me, uh, quote unquote, as I came forward as a uh, whistleblower. I didn't really, you know, necessarily trust them. You know, you sort of can watch somebody and their behavior when they come in your life to see what they actually produce. And I quickly determined that neither one of these individuals were actually producing anything to help me. And actually, when I met with this Mike Bennett individual, it was really interesting. He, he said that he was a formal, former um, medic or uh, military, uh, I'd say, I would say medical officer in the Navy, and that he was a Vietnam veteran, things maybe that would r- relate with me personally. And <clears throat> he seemed to know everything about EcoHealth Alliance, all the inside players. It was really strange. He actually approached my company first, my head of sales. Uh, to get access to me, which um, I agreed to the call. And then next thing you know, we're, we're quickly talking about um, Equal Alliance, not my company's products. I actually told this guy on the phone that I suspected that he was a CIA agent <clears throat> almost immediately because I, I dealt with these people in the past, um, in the military and the government, a lot of fine Americans actually working in those agencies, uh, like you said earlier in the show. And uh, the funny thing is, in one of these calls, I decided to start feeding him misinformation. And one of the pieces of misinformation that I fed him was that I had a hard drive in my house containing the missing sample data, the the missing genetic sequence data. Well, within the next two days, that hard drive went missing. And over a series of time, a bunch of thumb drives went missing from my house uh, and other computing equipment. And, you know, that's What do you mean it went missing? What What do you mean it went missing? completely gone. So there was no sign of forced entry in the house. But you work from home and, and, and it's isolated. How did, I mean, how did that happen? Yeah. So, so that, that's a, that's another good question. So around that same time, um, and I'd actually been trained on uh, counter surveillance detection methods in the military. Um, and actually when I worked at Sandia national laboratories, cause I was a, a top secret security clearance holder, um, they, you can sign up for these classes and they teach you how to determine whether or not you're being surveilled. Okay, and, and actually, you know, from being in the military and actually conducting surveillance and operations, you, you, I knew it from both sides. So I actually picked up on this right away. And uh, I went and reported it to the FBI immediately back in November of last year. And at first, um, they seemed like they were willing to help me. So think about this. I'm a, I'm a former top secret uh, security clearance holder from one of the most sensitive laboratories in the U.S. complex of of laboratory and military installations. And I go to the FBI and I say, I think someone's watching me. I think someone's been breaking into my house. The initial reaction, I think the normal reaction would be for the FBI. Like, okay, this is some foreign agent trying to get information out of you. Well, they sort of pretended to investigate for about a week. And then after that, they no longer had any interest suddenly in investigating what was going on. And I thought that was highly suspect. And when you put this in the context of the other things of these uh, military grade drones that actually showed at my house and circling my house 24 seven, all my neighbors have seen this. The sheriff's department has seen this. The state police have seen this. It, it makes you wonder, it's like, well, what the heck, who's actually doing this? And then I was speaking with journalists that I really trusted. And these journalists had a lot of um, experience working with the three letter agencies overseas. And one of them said to me, he said, come on, Andrew, who do you think is doing this? Well, in my reaction, well, this could be, I guess, the Chinese 
or the Americans, but it, I can't see why, why Americans, my people that I've been serving my whole life would do this to me. And he's like, do you think the Chinese, the, the United States would allow the Chinese to do this in their backyard? And, you know, he had a good point. These are military grade drones or really high end commercial drones circling my property for 24 seven. You start adding up the cost of this. There's no way that a foreign government can be doing that in the United States. Wait, so, wait a minute. Take take this slowly. So, so you're yeah. saying this can't be one guy because I'm just trying to paint people a picture of of what what this type of surveillance looks like. Again, typically a burglar smashes and you have forced entry. You're saying they have ways of um of you know neutralizing alarms, uh, double locks, and then but then closing up shop and having it rearmed and because you don't you don't see any difference, but you find stuff missing, you find stuff tampered with, you know it's not your kid or your dog. I mean, there's no one else there. You, you got your wife, um, but you're out you're out there alone, and most of the time you're home. But th- this is the thing. I mean, a lot of people you could have eight hours a day where there's no one home. Y- someone is home in your house most of the day. So in order for them to know with certitude that you won't come back, they they would have to have two teams radioing each other. You would have to have a lot of people involved in this. Absolutely, and and I, I estimated so uh, a tactic that you learn in the military is well, you need to be able to estimate the size of your opposition, right? So if you have an enemy out there, but you don't know a lot about that that enemy. It's one of your primary objectives to figure out what you're up against. So when I picked up the tailing operations, that, that meaning vehicles following me, they're, they're actually sophisticated tailing operations. Um, I, I, have, I have about three pages or four pages of license plate numbers, pictures of the people in the vehicles, and I started turning this over to the FBI. Uh, a fun little fact that happened along the way is that I sent um, um, a license plate picture and a vehicle to the FBI, and um, the FBI agent, his name is John Fortunato, comes back to me. And he says, it's this type of vehicle. It's nothing to worry about. Well, what he told me, um, so the specific vehicle was a, like a late mod, or excuse me, like a, a late 90s Dodge Ram with, um, you know, so it sort of looked like it was beat up. But he came back and he told me over the phone that it was a white Hummer, uh, like a GMC or a Chevy, a Chevy vehicle. And it wasn't. My wife saw this, and I have a picture of it. And so I decided to send that photograph off to a military friend of mine who's a private investigator. And he comes back and tells me that that vehicle is registered to the Michigan Department of State, uh, which would indicate it's an undercover surveillance vehicle. So right then I kept catch the FBI lying to me. Um, and that was back in, I want to say, late November. Did, did you catch a face? Uh, you know, uh, oh, my God. I have, I have so I've turned this. So I'm working with attorney Tom Renz. We yep. have so much evidence. Uh, it is unreal. Are, are they I dressed in, over- in plain clothes? Plain clothes, they look like everyday people, people of all different ages. Uh, they blend in very well to, with society. Um, and that's, that's how um, intelligence collection or surveillance operations work. I mean, these people are trained to do this, and they do it every day on a, a daily basis. But you, you have to ask the question, well, why would they be, you know, what are they so worried about? You know, why are they watching me constantly? And in the, the break-ins and these other things, it's clearly to intimidate me. So I do not pursue this further in the courts, which Tom Renz and I are doing right now. There's probably seven or eight different cases of which are about to hit in both uh, state and federal courts, which are going to bring this COVID BS to its knees. And I'm sure uh, people in Washington, D.C. are listening to this right now. They should be worried. 
Yeah, and, and and obviously, I mean, you've given up long ago from trying to hide. I mean, the, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether we talk publicly like this or whether we talk privately. They're going to hear it. Um, and so I, I wasn't born yesterday. I understand they have ways of getting into the house uh, surreptitiously and without without any um, physical evidence. But what about the cameras? I mean, don't you do you see them on their approach to the house in the house? Um, sure. So so. There's been a, a couple of interesting different things that happened. So initially, when this started happening, I didn't have any any kind of security system on the house, just a lock on the door. I live in a rural area. Most of the time, we leave our door unlocked. So initially, they were probably just walking into the house if we had just left the house for a short period of time. Um, if it was just a bolt lock, I mean, I'm sure most people in your audience have seen a locksmith at work and how quickly a lock can be picked. You know, they can do that in a matter of a minute. Um, so the security was pretty lax. Well, then we decided to, to, to beef up the security, and um, I installed trail cameras all along my driveway. Um, I hid a bunch in the woods, started to get fancy. I actually put in some uh, high-definition cameras around the house and a, a intrusion, intrusion detection system, so a standard alarm, uh, motion detectors, that kind of thing. Well, uh, one day, this is around May 10th, you know, I came home to check the cameras, and the uh, it's called the NVR system, which has these um, has the hard drive in it, which record the digital data. It wasn't responding and it was all glitching. I was acting funny. Well, I didn't think anything of it. So I contacted the alarm company. I'm like, Hey, this thing's glitching. Can you guys come out and, you know, swap it out under warranty? And they said, no problem. We scheduled it. They came out, out and did that. I'm like, well, I asked the security technician, like, how often have you seen these things fail? And this guy's been doing this job for like 15 years. He's like, I've never seen one fail in my, in my career. He's like, it's really weird. So initially, I'm like, well, that's weird. And I, and I did say, it, you know, I was thinking to myself, it's awfully been quiet around here with the harassment lately. So I decided to go check the, pull the, the heart, the little SD cards from my trail cameras, uh, trail cameras along my driveway. And when I go to look at the pictures or the photos on each one, every camera is missing like May 10th. And that is very strange because we leave the house every day typically to go go to the grocery store or pick up our son from daycare or drop him off. So at least there's some traffic and we get, you know, the UPS guy or whatever, you know, dropping off packages. So after seeing that, I'm like, well, that's weird. I decided to go pull the um, SD cards from the hidden uh, trail cams, which I camouflaged really well. When I did that and I looked at it, it was shocking. So I've actually put some of these up on Twitter for, your audience, if you, if you want to go take a look at it, my handle is A-G, Huff, A-G-H-U-F-F. And there are pictures of drones crashing my property, these people trespassing on my property with side-by-sides, and drones even hovering midair. And it doesn't, it's not any easier than a slam dunk than that. And, uh, yeah, so these people have been harassing my family and I, surveilling I. It's all funded by your taxpayer dollars. Um, it even gets better. So we decided to, to uh, decide to investigate, you know, how is this being paid for? So I live in a small rural county. There's not a ton of federal spending. So if you go to uh, usaspending.gov, you can put in, you can search for federal spending by county. Well, if you go look at that, you can plot, part, you can plot like a line graph. And right when the time um, the harassment starts in my house last uh, late fall, there's a huge uptick of federal spending in my county. And you say, well, God, that's sort of weird. What a weird coincidence. So then you can drill down into further look at the names of the, of the companies. So the two names that I mentioned earlier, 
David Lopez, Mike Bennett. There are a bunch of shell companies registered to their names. Wow. Out-of-state companies where the U.S. government has spent $50 million of our taxpayer dollars harassing me. So basically, you're the project in that county in Michigan. <laughs> um, Correct. And, and it, I mean, you can't make this up. It's so insane. I mean, Tom, Tom Renz is beyond excited with the lawsuits that he's about to file. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a pile of, of damning evidence. But really, what a tragedy for our country. Because the only thing that I bring to the table is the truth about where COVID came from. I don't even think you're and, a big deal. And I don't mean to put you down, but like other people have said really earth-shattering things. I mean, your big thing was saying, hey, Peter Daszak uh, disclosed to you that 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 basically he was working with the CIA. That's, I mean, it's not like you have that much more information. No, but, no, 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 I don't. So the difference is, and this is a big difference in terms of the law. Someone like Dr. Robert Malone or um, uh, McCullough can say, well, it just looks like it's a uh, gain-of-function work for these reasons. The difference is that, is that I was a first-hand witness to it. The gain-of-function proposal, I reviewed it. I edited it. Um, I, I, I actually com- commented and discussed a lot of the other gain-of-function work within the organization um, on other applications or other presentations that we were submitting to other agencies to receive funding. So if you've listened very carefully to how uh, Anthony Fauci and Peter Daszak, who hasn't really responded to this, what they say, you know, they've said, well, there wasn't gain of function going on through Equal Health Alliance. Well, I'm an eye-hand wit- first, first-hand <clears throat> witness, which states otherwise. So I'm actually devastating uh, to the U.S. government. So... Interesting. And, and and like you said last time, you know, everyone's focused on Fauci and you said, you know, and 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 NIH or or NIAID, whatever. Um, but the you know, this really might be the CIA more involved. And obviously they want to intimidate you, they want to get any information they think you have. I'm just thinking the the operation, the amount of people they have. So I'm trying to figure this out. There's no they obviously have a way of constantly surveilling your 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 house. Um, well, they don't even have to. So the, the technology is so far advanced, and, I, and I've worked on this, and I've been around it for a number of times. So basically, and if you if your audience or you go digging about this, with IoT technology in your house, so the Internet of Things, you know, Bluetooth devices, your phone, your computer, um, they can own all those devices very easily and turn them all into surveillance devices against you. And when you're a target like I, like I am, that's extremely easy to do. So the only thing they have to do is compromise one computer in your house, and they can actually load software onto it, which then takes control of the other devices in your house. And the reason why I bring that up as a specific example is that I, that happened to me, and I can prove it because I actually am a tech geek enough where I actually went and screenshotted all the system log files to prove wow. it. And, and Tom Renz has those in his possession as well. So, and these all have U.S. government signatures on it, um, I can tell that they had exa- – uh, so I, I took my iPhone and uh, made an encrypted backup of it. And then you can use other software to analyze that to see if there's any other really sophisticated um, malware on your phone. Guess what? I found that too. So you have to start asking yourself, who, who would do this and why? Um, I mean, only pretty- you know the answer to that. I mean, I'm assuming you don't have other yeah. people after you in life. Um, no, I mean this, this is this is the whole thing. But and, but, and but a couple things the, bother me here. So so first yeah. off, 
my audience is familiar with the infamous uh, Michigan FBI office. Is it, do you think this is the same office that was involved in the the Whitmer kidnapping plot? Um, well, maybe to some degree. So I, I'm familiar with how the the FBI is structured to some degree. So I actually have a local FBI office about 25 uh, minutes from my house, and I'm guessing that's a satellite office of probably of a of a Michigan office mm-hmm. near Detroit. So have you taken I'm a guessing visit there? That uh, no, I haven't. Um, well, not since I asked them for help. I mean, that's the whole thing. When when this when this first started happening, I thought I was being targeted by a foreign government. I went and asked them for help, and they lied to me. And why would they lie to me? I mean, or my family. Um, I provided them with a, a short little statement about what was happening, um, you know, to dumb it down for a short conversation with the FBI agent to explain why someone might do this to me. And... They won't help. And, the, and the, the craziest thing is the FBI, about four months later, when the COVID misinformation statement came out from the Department of Homeland Security, contacted me, an agent that I used to have a professional working relationship with, and offered me a quid pro quo. We would like to talk to you about the things that you've been saying in exchange for investigating the federal crimes that have been committed against you. Wow. Well, what a bunch of crap, crap that is. And they actually, the agent was so stupid that she did it in a three-way text message conversation with my attorney, Tom Renz. I mean, talk about ballsy. Oh, so, so they, they, in fact, did disclose they were, they were on to you um, for the well, federal— Well, no, they, they, they just said that they wanted to talk, to talk to me about the things that I've been saying. What the heck does that mean? What have I been saying? I mean, that, that's just the, most, the, the craziest thing ever. We want to talk to you about the things that you've been saying. And, and so Tom Renz and I discussed this, and we, we assumed that the FBI was going to attempt to Mike Flynn me. I mean, can't they, like, plant incriminating stuff on your computer or something? I mean, they could, but would it be believable? I mean, they have to be able to, sure. to prove something, too. And, and here's the thing. They've stolen enough of my computer's hard drives, hacked stuff. They know that I'm telling the truth. They know that I haven't done anything illegal. So, but, I mean, but, they have nothing on me. But here's what I don't understand. I'm trying to picture your street, your area. You have all the neighbors are aware of this. This is not normal. This is a big deal. Where is local law enforcement? Well, they're stretched a little bit, little thin. It's, it's so, it's a big county, uh, small population, not terribly well funded. There's, there's low level crime that they have to deal with. I mean, there's, there's sort of a drug problem in one of the communities a few miles away from me. And I think they're, they're tied up dealing with, with a lot of that stuff. They, they didn't really take a lot of this seriously until uh, Tom Renz and his lawyers got on the phone with them. And then they began to actually start to investigate a lot of these things. And, and uh, I actually gave them the information of these uh, agents who sort of came into my life. And I've been giving them more and more evidence. So we'll see what comes of it. I, I don't have my fingers crossed. I, I don't think that the, the local law enforcement can do a whole lot. And then additionally, who knows whether or not the FBI went and handed them a national security letter? You, you know, it, I, I, this is starting to remind me a lot of the scene with um, Ruby Ridge. Uh, you know, when they, they the FBI agents just obs- obsessed with this one guy and surrounded his home there in northern Idaho. And there was a movie on it, a film. And, and, and the girl who was his daughter said something like at the end of the movie, you know, when, when they, they, they killed the wife and, 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 and a brother – all this for one man. All this for one man. And 
and that's that's what I'm thinking. The amount of resources they would have. I mean, do you think they have guys physically in the woods there, or do they just have the technology to watch you anyway? Um, at times, so they they figure out your patterns, and if you're listening to your phone, they they know what you're doing and when you're doing it. Um, the trail cameras indicate that they would enter the house exactly when I when I leave to go drop off my son for daycare. You know, so if my wife's traveling and I've got my my son son and it's just the two of us at home, um, they would enter when when I left the house. So this is it's very it's too simple. It's too easy for them with the amount of technology and resources they have. But once again, the reason why they're doing this isn't to to just steal my hard drives, my computers. It's to harass me. It's to intimidate me. Yes, and yes. it's to scare me. And obviously, it's not working because every time that they pull this crap. I, I get more notoriety, more more exposure to the media, and more and more people are asking questions. And as a testament to my success fighting this battle, we now have the World Health Organization de- demanding a full investigation or an investigation to the origin of COVID, and the National Academy of Science doing it. And I suspect over the coming weeks that's going to grow. If it even matters at this point, I mean, people have turned their hearts and minds off and don't even care, but yeah, I mean, we got to do what we got to do. That's for God. Outcomes are for God. Um, you know, input is for us. But again, I mean, this just underscores the problem that they're willing to do anything and everything to achieve their agenda. And we now live in a time that in America, it's like in China, that if you espouse a view they don't like, that is tantamount to being a criminal, and they'll go after you. So this is this is pretty chilling and. I could only imagine if they're willing to expend that many resources just for one one person, what else are they doing? But we all know, the sheriffs tell me, at these DHS briefings, they make it very clear that people like you and me are the biggest terrorist threat. They're open about that. Um, you know, Specifically, they say that, that, that have problems with COVID or don't believe in uh, you know that, that the election was fair. They are the biggest terrorists, those who hold those beliefs. It's not like, oh, someone who was caught you know, beating someone at the Capitol or you know, who actually committed a physical crime, but it's holding those beliefs. It's the information that, that matters, and that's what scares me about your story. Um, do you have any timeline for a lawsuit at this point? Well, I, I can't really... Tom has asked me not to go into too much detail, sure. but it's coming coming soon. Um, there are other there are other firsthand witnesses that have uh, joined the the lawsuit, which is going to make this um, absolutely devastating. There's going to be no no ability for the U.S. government and the people involved, other other agencies, Equal Health Alliance, um, UNC, uh, the uh, Metabiota, the other the other Predict partners. UC Davis, there's going to be no way for them to defend this. Yep. And, and they're involved in the Ukrainian labs too, by the way. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just weird. So, I mean, and, and I, I like to believe, you know, deep down that the, the, the CBET program is, is called the Cooperative Biological Engagement Program is a good program. And they probably need contractors to do that. But when you see nefarious activity, at least through the lead organ, one of the lead organizations, Eco Alliance, and all this cloak or da- daggery from the U.S. government lying about what's really going on, um, it makes you wonder what else is going on. And, you know, I, I still want to hope, you know, it, that that program is a good program to actually mitigate um, global uh, chemical, biological, uh, radiological and nuclear threats. Cause that's what that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But in the era we live in, uh, 
I think based on what we know now, you 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 can't uh, trust. You got to verify before you trust. So that's uh, <laughs> that's where we are. Time, huh? We're we're about yeah. out of time, Andrew. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Stay safe and and heck, maybe you want to set up some booby traps there and give them a run for their money. Well, there's other things I could talk about too, but uh, I'll say that for the next show. Absolutely, yeah. But for now, we we, we want to make sure you you stay safe and just so everyone knows, you are in good health. So, you know, there's nothing funny going on there. Take care. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Doctor Andrew Huff. Um, look, who are the terrorists? Are you scared of Al Qaeda? Or are you scared of our own government? I mean, I, I was terrified for years when I would write about Islamic terrorism and the cartels. I was scared of them. Um, I think we all know the biggest threat now. Um, they, this is not figuratively when they say we're terrorists or whatever. They, they fully believe that. And they are treating us accordingly. And everything they wouldn't do to the Islamists and the Muslim Brotherhood, believe me, they will do to us. Uh, the reality is this is a crazy story, and I wouldn't have believed it in any other era, but the, but the fact is I've gotten to know him, and then it happens to be his lawyer. We know Tom very well. We've had him on the program, so this is not like it's in his imagination. This is definitely going on, specifically which office of which whatever. Maybe we don't know that yet, but it's hard to come to any other conclusion based on the evidence I've seen. And I haven't seen most of it, but I know Tom has seen it. He has pushed, uh, posted some stuff on his Twitter account with the drones. Um, but we know they're doing this. We know it becomes an obsession. And, and, and just keep in mind, I just want you guys to realize, if you're a nifty, crafty agent and you're trained in this stuff and it's kind of cool, when you're going after real bad guys, you're always bridled by rules of engagement. You're restricted. It's restricted warfare. And it gets very frustrating, right? This is always known in law enforcement. But when you go after people like you and me, they know we are the expendables. It is unrestricted warfare. There is nothing they cannot do that they believe one day will catch up with them that they can't get away with. And that's a very unsettling thought. That's what you have to keep in mind now, that... You know, pe- people get confused because they see some pictures of shoving and broken windows outside the Capitol. But when you cut through that, it has nothing to do with trying to punish anyone who acted violently. It is that was used as the catalyst to be able to then go in and criminalize the holding of political beliefs. Okay, that if you are a political opponent, you are saying things they don't like, you are harboring views, they believe you have something that's going to be devastating to their cause, that you're effective, there's no holds barred. Okay, again, as we head towards July 4th and we understand when Jefferson wrote about a government that becomes tyrannical to its ends, what you're supposed to do with that, and I'll tell you what you don't do with that, is to keep doing the same failed thing and complying with the same failed system. we got to push back, and it's got to start with the doctrine doctrine of least magistrate. And that's why I asked him about local law enforcement, and that's pretty pathetic. Um, I would would have local law enforcement surround the house and put them under surveillance, and if I would catch any of them, I'd nab them. But uh, that's just me. 
Let me know your thoughts. Again, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com is the email. At RM Conservative is the Twitter. And iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you subscribe. If you can, it does help us to give a five-star rating with a comment. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening. 